Welcome to Sullivan's Pro Football Kickoff. It's about the Bills and the beer. Now, here's your host, John Murphy. It's about the Bills and the beer. Yep, it's about the Buffalo Bills, the current Buffalo Bills with five wins, two losses. It's about the beer. Sullivan's Brewing Company in Kilkenny, Ireland, the makers of Sullivan's Maltings Irish Red Ale, Sullivan's Irish Gold Ale, and Sullivan's Black Marble Stout. We talk about them both on this installment uh, of the uh, of the podcast. We're happy to have you with us. Uh, talk about the Bills in particular, who are five and two. They came off the bye with that big win uh, this past uh, weekend against the Miami Dolphins division rivals. They've won seven in a row against Miami now. I mean, I'm old enough to remember what it was like in the 70s when they lost 20 consecutive games from the Dolphins to the Dolphins. They still haven't they still haven't made up that ground yet, but they got a pretty good chunk in it, right? Seven straight wins for the Bills and an impressive win over the Miami Dolphins uh, last Sunday. Let's talk about the Bills for a second. General thoughts on where they stand with five wins and two losses. You know, Bills against Miami played okay, especially second half. They didn't play great in the first half, especially on offense. And I got to say, I think it's important to win a game when you are not at your best. And the Bills were not at their best last Sunday. They were not. They had a rough first half, offensively in particular, a rough first half. But that's what having a good defense will do for you. It'll keep you in the game until the offense hits its stride. Bills' defense has been outstanding. Still number one in the league. Now they're number one in points allowed in the league. They had a couple of takeaways against the Dolphins, uh, which gives them a plus 13 in the uh, takeaway turnover differential, plus 13, ties for the league lead with 18 takeaways. The Bills uh, are amazing taking the ball away and stopping their opponents. Um, They're they're just a great defense, first in the NFL. Uh, And it really was the reason why the Bills were able to hang in there and win that game against the Dolphins, because the offense took its time getting started. The defense was sensational. Ed Oliver, I believe, former first-round draft pick. Ed Oliver had one of his best games in a Buffalo Bills uniform, and it's not reflected in the stats, not reflected in the numbers. But he played more snaps than anyone else on the defensive line. They've got a really healthy a robust rotation on that defensive line. And Ed Oliver uh, had more snaps than anybody else up front. Only came up with two tackles, right? Only one tackle for a loss. But again, the numbers don't tell the story. Uh, A sack in the fourth quarter wiped out by Jerry Hughes jumping offside. That would have been a great sack for Ed Oliver. Uh, He's been a great player for the Bills all season long. He plays with a high motor. He's an intense player. He's practicing with intensity these days, as coaches say. He's become a consistent performer. Um, I really think he's become a really good, important piece of the Buffalo Bills defense. He's an anchor of the NFL's number one defense. He's a big piece, though, up front. The Bills have a lot of good defensive players. The back end is solid. Tredavious White, both safeties are good. Obviously, uh, Matt Milano is good. I mean, we're talking Pro Bowl caliber players. Matt Milano and and, uh, Tremaine Edmonds is very good. But up front, Ed Oliver, I think, is the anchor. And they're beginning to lean on him as an anchor because he plays so much now. He really does play uh, more than anybody else. At least he did against the uh, Miami Dolphins. So the defense was great. Got to talk about Josh Allen, too, on the offense, a trigger man on the Buffalo offense. I think, again, numbers don't always reflect it. But against the Dolphins, I think Josh Allen made his strongest argument to date to be the most valuable player of the National Football League. What does it mean to be the most valuable? Not throw for the most yards, throw for the most touchdowns, uh, fewest uh, interceptions. It's not reflected in the numbers. How valuable are you to your team winning a game? Now, look, the Bills struggled in the first half. But what impressed me most about Josh, and he was throwing it okay, made some really good throws. What impressed me the most 
was the point in the first half when he went to the sideline upset about how, how bad the offense was playing, and he ripped into his teammates, the offensive line in particular. He ripped into them. It was obvious. I saw it, noticed it during the game, and saw it again on the TV broadcast when I went back and watched it. Yeah, his numbers were good. You know, two touchdowns passing, one running. Uh, he was the Bills' leading rusher. But more importantly, I think his leadership and his fire are what drove the Bills to victory against the Dolphins. I really do. And that's important. And that makes him the most valuable player on the Bills. And to, for my money, the most valuable player perhaps in the NFL. This past Sunday, I think he was. He was valuable to his team. He almost willed them to victory over the Dolphins. A great uh, performance by Josh Allen. So they've got three straight winnable games, one down, two to go. They're going to Jacksonville this Sunday. Then they play at the New York Jets. Obviously, uh, I, I would think they should pick up the next two wins routinely. Now, I said routinely, not easily. It is the NFL. The Jets just beat the Bengals. You know, it's hard to win a game in the NFL, and the Bills have found that out. you got to play well to beat the Dolphins even. The schedule works in their favor. After the Jaguars and Jets games, only three road games left at the Saints, at the Bucks, and at the Patriots. Health, the biggest concern moving forward, I think. They're without uh, Feliciano, John Feliciano, for week to week, according to uh, uh, the Bills' uh, head coach, Sean McDermott. Maybe they get Dawson Knox back in a week or two. That can they continue to avoid serious injuries, though? I know they're deep. They're very deep, but they're not perfect. They have to continue to avoid serious injuries. And they've got a couple of nicks up front on the offensive line and at tight end right now. Still 10 games remain, more than half a season. Still a lot of football to talk about. We're going to talk about some of that with our guest on the podcast this week, Mark Gaughan of the Buffalo News. He's covered the Buffalo News for decades, and he's been a friend of mine for just about that long. He does a great job for the Buffalo News. Mark Gaughan will talk to us about Sunday's win over the Dolphins, about what lies ahead for the Bills, about the stadium as well, construction of a new stadium. So make sure you stick around as we get going again this week on Sullivan's Pro Football Kickoff. Sullivan's Pro Football Kickoff continues. Our guest has covered the Buffalo News for, well, like me, for decades. He is a columnist and a writer for the Buffalo News. Happy to have my friend Mark Gaughan on the line with us. Mark, thanks for him. How many years have you been around the Bills? At least 20, right? Yeah, well, more like 30. More like 30. Okay. 30. Yeah. I've been at the Buffalo News for 40 and uh, 30, on, 30 on the Bills. Well, you do a great job on the Bills. We want to talk thanks. to you a little bit about the Bills. And just for a general overview, seven games into the season, uh, uh, it seems to me, and I'm curious if you agree with this, I think the Bills are on schedule for what I thought they'd do this season and what lies ahead. you agree? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I think you have to be uh, encouraged. Uh, five and two. Uh, and the defense has, you know, they were hoping that the defense would take a big step up from last season uh, when they were middle of the pack. And uh, they definitely have. Uh, so uh, the defensive secondary is as good as ever. And uh, the defense, the front seven has been a lot better than last season. Obviously, that was the big emphasis. You know, the offense has played well. I mean, I think all fans would say not as smooth, uh, consistently dominant as they were for stretches last year. Um but, uh, you know, they're still sixth in the league in offense and, uh, you know, they're they're in pretty good shape. So on the defense, still ranked number one in the NFL. And you talk about the front seven personnel wise, the, the additions this year, Greg Russo and Starlo Tulele returns. 
I happen to think their biggest improvement on defense has really been familiarity in, in the system, knowing what uh, Leslie Frazier is doing and what he wants them to do. What do you think? Uh, I'm going to say, yeah, yeah, I think that helps. But I think the additions have been big. I mean, uh, Russo and Lule has been a big addition. And Russo has been a very big addition. I'm stunned at how much he has played. You know, given the play, in fact, he basically had one season of college football. Uh, I'm stunned how much he's played and how relatively well he has played. Um, so, uh, and I think they're getting a little more out of uh, Mario Addison. He's playing a little less, fewer snaps. I think Jerry Hughes has been as consistent as ever. Um, I think uh, Ed Oliver has, is coming off a real good game. He's picked his game up a little. So they're deeper. They're deeper on the defensive line for sure than last year. Do you dismiss the coaching familiarity point that I think you and I talked about this on the sidelines at practice a week or so ago, I think, you know, fifth year for Leslie Frazier, fourth year for, uh, for um, the, the offensive coordinator, Brian Dable. I think that's made a big, big difference in they knowing what their players are capable of and having flexibility, know what they can call defensively and offensively. I think that's, well, there, a big yeah, difference. absolutely. There is a, there is no question. I mean, you know, look for the, uh, Two decades, uh, we kept uh, talking about how the Patriots have this uh, big advantage over the rest of the AFC East in the same coaching, the same system. Tom Brady had been in the same system. I mean, yes, his coordinators changed, but it was still the you know evolution of the same system. So uh, there is absolutely no question that is a big, big benefit. Um, And you know, and and now, like for instance, Taron Johnson. uh, you know, uh, it has been in the same system for so long. And, and, you know, you see it on certain plays where, um, you know, uh, Milano and Taron Johnson will, will, you know, adjust after, uh, you know, a motion or a shift and, uh, you know, they, they know exactly what the other person is doing. So yeah, there, there's no question the bills and the, the bills have an advantage over the rest of the AFC East in that regard right now. On the offense, and you mentioned it. I think I'm not sure you referred to him as as spotty, but it's not been as consistent as the defense has been, including this past uh, game when they had a really rough first half against Miami. But do you see major signs of a problem offensively for the Bills after seven games? Yeah, no. I mean, I I, uh, I wouldn't say you know uh, I'm not to be not to pick on you here, but let's let, just to be pick on semantics here, spotty. Spotty was, you know, 2011, 2014, (laughs) 2016. No, no, no. Uh, We're we're beyond spot. We're way beyond spot. We 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 had enough of Spotty. We we know what Spotty looks like, and uh, (laughs) this isn't it (laughs) with Josh Allen at quarterback. Uh, Yeah, no. I just they they haven't been, you know, totally dominant. You know, I mean, I think you know we think of some of last year. They just barreled down the stretch. You know, San Francisco, Denver, New England, and uh, you know, I, I th- there's this perception that they just uh, that, that, that they're going to just roll over everybody, and they were leading the they're leading the you know they're uh, you know they scored 40 points, uh, they're leading the league in points or second to top three in points, um, and uh, you know I think they're still adjusting to way the way defenses played them, but I mean even yesterday against Miami, yes that. You know, that Miami did a great job and 
you know, they just a variety of different things kept going wrong to keep them off the field. And they went one for seven on third downs. But at the end of the day, <laughs> um, you know, Josh Allen, they still threw for 249 yards, almost all of it in the second half. Uh, and they scored on what four straight drives in the second half. So, um, you know, they pulled it together. Credit to them. They adjusted. You know, I, I, I think they're still uh, adjusting somewhat to where the defenses are playing them a little differently. They're laying back um, uh, and, you know, trying to make the Bills march uh, a long way. Um, and, and I think that's going to be a theme for the rest of the season. You know, Bill Belichick's uh, going to do that there. Bill Belichick uh, is going to dare the, invite them to run the ball all game long. Um, we'll get to the running game in a moment. I, I, I want to t- talk to you about Josh Allen. Um, he's been mentioned, and he was mentioned prominently last year also as a potential most valuable player in the league. I thought the, the game against the Dolphins this past Sunday was the, the best case he could make to be an MVP consideration, not because of his numbers and a threw for two touchdowns, ran for one, but his leadership was on full display. I mean, the fire he showed, the the passion he showed, he basically picked up a kind of a sleepwalking offense in the second half and, and got them going again. I thought it was maybe one of his finest games as the Buffalo Bills, uh, with the Buffalo Bills uh, this past Sunday. I agree with that. I think, you know, you need – uh, at a few points in game in tight games, you need your quarterback to rise up and make the difference. Uh, now that doesn't mean Allen, you know, Allen needs to take what the defense is giving him. He needs to play patient and all that. But I mean, there were a handful of plays yesterday, third and one, where uh, it's a, a, a like a mini roll bootleg, and Landon Roberts has him five yards behind the line of scrimmage. He just runs out of the yeah. tackle. He's bigger than Landon Roberts. <laughs> he <laughs> runs out of the tackle and runs for five yeah five yards. Keeps the drive alive. I mean, you know, again, we can go through a, a long list of Bills quarterbacks who couldn't make that play. Um, that which was real, not even a huge play. Uh, you know, the, the touchdown pass to Diggs, uh, they had an all out blitz, you know, he just backpedals just enough, takes a hit, uh, to allow Diggs to get open on the post route, uh, in man coverage, uh, a great play, uh, and the touchdown pass to, uh, Gabriel Davis. I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, uh, Jalen Phillips comes in, grabs his face mask, uh, and he, you know, just runs through uh, the grabbing of the face mask. Uh, that was that was ninety eight percent Allen that play, or it was ninety eight percent Allen that play. I don't think Tua makes that play. Right. Um, on the offense, um, they've had to shuffle the offensive line. Spencer Brown's going to miss a couple more weeks. We are told. Um, is there cause for concern about the offensive line? I mean, they shifted in game even a little bit towards the end of uh, the game against the Dolphins. Do, do they have enough depth there and do they have the right five that start games? Yeah, I think there is, you know, I mean, uh, the, the, the MO of any diehard fan is to worry. Uh, <laughs> what do I need to worry about? Uh, and, uh, you know, you can't be, most teams aren't, the bills aren't, you know, far and away better than every team in the league. You know, they're the, they're, they're the most talented team in the AFC East, but, and they might be the best. they're, you know, I could make a strong case of the best team in the AFC right now, especially since Darren, Derek Henry is out. Uh, 
but the offensive line uh, isn't hasn't been the dominant run blocking. It's been better pass blocking than run blocking. I just watched the rewatched the game uh, today. Uh, Deion Dawkins played a great game. Uh, and Deion Dawkins he had a really rough opening game against Pittsburgh, yep. and he has been really good since then. Um, so pass blocking, they did really well. Um, you know, run blocking, getting the push that they need against uh, elite defensive lines. Uh, you know, that could be a concern. Uh, you know, we'll see in the playoffs against, you know, pick a team. Um, um, you know, they're, they're, they could give them trouble, but, uh, you know, now let's give Miami gets paid too. Now I know fans don't want to hear that. And my, everybody in Buff Western New York thinks Miami is horrible. Uh, and they're one and seven, uh, but they have, they're horrible, but they're, <laughs> they have two defensive tackles yeah. who are elite first round players, Christian Wilkins and Raekwon Davis. He's six, seven, three thirty. They're first rounders. They're there. You're not, you're not getting those guys in the second round. So those two players are really good. And those two players can blow up some run plays. Um, now Miami has a host of other problems. Miami's edge rushing, you know, Phillips, they drafted him number one, 15th overall pick or 16th. And the bills got Rousseau 30th Rousseau outplayed Phillips yesterday. That's a problem for Miami. Again, they're rookies. Long way to go. You can't rush to judgment even at the end of the season. But Rousseau has outplayed Phillips through uh, the first half of this season. Hey, Mark, as we speak, the Bills uh, in the NFL just about 24 hours away from the uh, trade deadline. Uh, the Bills don't have any pressing needs, right? They can not make any moves at all, although it might make it fun if they did, huh? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, uh, uh, Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott are all about fit. So if they were to find, you know, just the right guy, and it's probably got to be somebody who can fit uh, also uh, at a low salary in the, uh, in the salary cap, um, you know, they, obviously they're going to they're gonna look at all their options. I don't see them being a, making a big move. Uh, and the other thing is they've been darn healthy. So there isn't a, uh, you know, like there isn't a glaring – uh, injury concern uh, at the moment. Uh, you know, I, I also likewise been. Uh, we talked about Rousseau, been encouraged by Spencer Brown. I, I'm su- surprised again, making a big jump. Surprised at uh, the way he's played. So uh, you know, you get him back in the lineup. That's encouraged. That you know, I think that helps the offensive line. Um, stunned as I am to say that. Um, uh, so no, I, you know, I think uh, the big, you know, I'm the big move, uh, all eyes are going to be on, uh, uh, on Miami. Do they pull the trigger on, uh, do they mortgage their future even more, uh, on Deshaun Watson? That's, uh, that could be, uh, it's, it's a mess right now yeah. for Miami. When you look at their offensive line, they, not to, to change the subject, but I mean, it's, it's a fascinating, especially for Bills fans, because Miami is an arch rival, you know, and, They've invested so much in their offensive line and their offensive. They might have to scrap it all and redo it again next offseason on the offensive line. They're amazing. Hey, um, just want to get big picture uh, thoughts. First of all, uh, the Bills, uh, we agree, I think, have a Super Bowl caliber roster. Uh, they are they have been free of uh, serious injuries so far. 
So they can get by, you would think, without making a, a big move at the uh, at the trade deadline. Would they be standing pat? Would that be sort of arrogant in this uh, situation for the Bills if they don't do anything? You know, yeah. I mean, it's hard to. I, I don't. I'd have to take a close look at who's out there. Right. Again, uh, whenever they get, if they do make a move, it's going to have to be somebody they feel super comfortable with bringing into the locker room. They're so big on fit, like Emmanuel Sanders. It was such a great fit for this team. Um, and the person has to fit into the salary cap, you know, because they don't have a huge amount of space. Um, and they'd like to, I don't think they really want to, whatever space they have, they'd like to roll a little over if they can, you know, say, sign Tremaine Edmonds maybe for next in the offseason, roll some money into next year. So I don't think they're looking to make any kind of, you know, big spending move. Uh, um, so, yeah, I don't think it's, you know, arrogant. I mean, again, you, you know, uh, you look at uh, the moves a lot of teams make, including Miami, bring in people in and it, it's not, it does, they don't, it doesn't, it doesn't work out. Sure. Um, yeah. uh, so I'm not saying they shouldn't bring somebody in. I'm just saying they find the right, uh, inexpensive guy, sure, but um, you know, for for a little more depth. The last uh, issue I want to get to with you is uh, the stadium, and uh, talks are well underway. I, I found it interesting last week, uh, Ron Wakuria of PSE's comment about the the discussion among some civic officials about, hey, we need a stadium downtown, or we should look at this or look at that, and Wakuria re- referred to it as noise, which I I was kind of surprised by that. It, it's not really noise, right? I mean. The government has a right to discuss this if the government's going to be a major stakeholder in construction of a new stadium. Uh, whether- yeah, I, I think uh, my interpretation of that comment, I mean, certainly you can make a, a strong case that a stadium and a convention center can go downtown. Uh, my interpretation they, they is they don't want to ask the state for you know, to add a billion dollars onto the cost. I mean, the question is, what can they get away with? What can they get the the governor politically uh, pushed through without too much pushback? And uh, uh, and and, uh, so, I mean, it's a political question, you know, and my interpretation of his statement is it it wasn't a necessarily ridiculing uh people but his perspective is uh he really doesn't want to ask the new york state government to make double the lift right he wants to push this through uh and so um you know that's i think where where he's coming from now you know we can again we can debate but the re uh and and, you know i i'm i i totally understand why people would want it downtown uh you know the question is the cost yeah and yeah don't you think uh well i i will i think the stadium talks have moved quicker than i thought they would i think yeah i mean it's all done behind uh you know a lot of it is done behind the scenes obviously sure. and so most of it um which is tends to be the way all things happen in new york state government um <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I, and I think the bill really want to put this through under the current administration. Um, they don't want to wait for the next governor. 
right. to have to uh, you know resell the whole project. So I think the Bills are strongly motivated by Kathy Hochul is in office to uh, get a deal hammered out. Hey, Mark, thanks for this. I, I enjoy our Wednesday conversations on the sidelines at the Bills practice, and I enjoyed talking to you uh, today. I really appreciate it. Thanks. All right, Murph. My pleasure. Anytime. You're listening to Sullivan's Pro Football Kickoff with your host, John Murphy. Well, that's this week's installment of Sullivan's Pro Football Kickoff. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks again to Mark Gaughan of the Buffalo News, veteran Bills reporter. I've known him for years. We have great talks at practice on the sidelines at Wednesday, just about mostly Bills topics, you know. What do you think of this? What do you think of that? How do you think they're doing with this? Just a great guy to bounce ideas off of. He's got original ideas. He's a great writer, and you can follow him in the Buffalo News with his normal coverage of the Bills. Mark Gone, thanks to him. Our sponsors, Sullivan's Brewing Company of Kilkenny, Ireland, Sullivan's Maltings Irish Red Ale, Sullivan's Irish Gold Ale, and Sullivan's Black Marble Stout. Available at bars and taverns all over the place, all over the Buffalo area and throughout upstate New York. We're in Boston, Massachusetts, and New Jersey, Atlanta, Savannah, Georgia, Nashville, Cleveland, Columbus, Ohio. We continue to grow. We're available in New York City, and we, me, are going to be in New York City later this month. So the Bills play the Jets Sunday, November 14th, a 1 o'clock kickoff at the Meadowlands in New York. We're going to be in the city two days before at one of the primary Bills Backers bars in New York City. On Friday night, November 12th, we're going to be at Kelly's Irish Pub on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. It's the, the address, 12 Avenue A in New York City. Hope you join us there, Friday, November 12th. 5 p.m. to 8 p.m., we're going to get ready for the Bills' visit to the Meadowlands. We'll talk about the team, what's been going on. We hope to see you there. There should be a lot to talk about, right? So look for us there. Kelly's Irish Pub, the Lower East Side, 12 Avenue A in New York, on Friday, November 12th, 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. It is, as I said, a Bills Backers bar. It's a Sabres Backers bar. So there should be plenty of uh, Buffalo people, at least familiar with Buffalo, there to talk about the Bills. We're looking forward to it. Friday, November 12th, Kelly's Irish Pub on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. Thanks to our producer, Pat Feldball. We'll see you again next week for Sullivan's Pro Football Kickoff. You've been listening to John Murphy and Sullivan's Pro Football Kickoff. It's all about the Bills and the beard.